Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Mysteries of the Paranormal. I'm your host, Allison. Here, I'll talk all about mythology, folklore, and cryptids. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mysteries of the Paranormal. As always, I am your host, Allison. So today, I'm going to be talking about the tragic case of Bridget Clary. So I actually ran across this one in one of my Facebook groups, and I did a little bit of research on it. So there is a saying that says, Are you a witch, or are you a fairy? Are you the wife of Michael Clary? So in traditional Irish belief in fairy folk, can have a sinister implications, and none more than the tragic burning of Bridget Clary in 1895. When a 26-year-old Bridget caught a cold as she returned from selling eggs in early March, she could not have foreseen how the beliefs of the locals in her homeland, combined with passing a fairy fort en route, could lead to her gruesome ordeal. Their wedding day was 1887, after they had become acquainted in a town where Michael worked as a cooper and Bridget was an apprentice seamstress. Following the wedding, Bridget returned to the village of Ballyvedelia, while Michael continued living and working in the town of Colmill. The couple had seemed happy and content, and witnesses stated they have never seen them arguing. Bridget and Michael lived apart for a number of years, during which Bridget thrived and became very independent and quite successful. Some years later, Bridget's mother passed away and the couple reunited in the village to take care of Bridget's ailing father. As a former laborer, her father, Mr. Boland, acquired the laborer's cottage where all three resided. Their residence was described as the finest house in the village, but locals had little interest in living there, as it, it was believed to have been built on the site of an ancient fort, fairy fort. By all accounts, Bridget was a good-looking, stylish, independent, and progressive young woman for her time, and had acclimated some wealth for her work as a talented dressmaker, milliner, and also selling eggs from hens she had kept. Her talents and income enabled her to parade around local town in clothes of finery that made her stand out among her often impoverished neighbors. She had a good head on her shoulders and was very careful with her money. The quite considerable sum of 20 pounds was found in the cottage after her death. What had begun with common cold-like symptoms soon became far more serious. Bridget's health deteriorated and her illness grew steadily worse, and the proud, strong, beautiful young woman became gaunt, drawn, and feeble with illness. 
Michael brought a doctor to see her and obtain medicines. The local priest was brought to her the house as well. But sadly, the prognosis was not good. And according to sources, the doctor informed Michael to prepare for the worst. Some neighbors suggested that Bridget had not been quite herself for some time and talked about the strange change in her appearance. At this time, folklore beliefs and fairies and fairy changelings were widespread. People genuinely believed that the fairies would take a healthy human, typically a child, and replace it with an ailing fairy. Perhaps in desperation, Michael consulted local experts on herbal cures and fairy lore and sought information on how to cure his sickly wife. Having been diagnosed as a fairy changeling, Bridget was subjected to a gruesome affair, lasting several days, which involved her husband and nine of her relatives and neighbors. Bridget was forced to drink herbal cures. She was restrained, assaulted, doused with urine, held over a fire, partially strangled, threatened, and even burned with a red-hot poker. And finally, oil was poured over her body, and she was set alight to drive the challenging out. There have been newspaper reports for the time where Bridget is reported to have begged her tormentors to stop the torture. She stated again and again that she was not a fairy. Throughout the ordeal, Michael insisted to the others that she was not his wife, and his course of action would result in the fairies taking the changeling away and bringing Bridget back. During the ordeal, Michael had spent nights at the nearby fairy fort waiting for the fairies to return Bridget, unharmed, on a white horse. Alas, his time spent there was in vain. The only outcome of the attempting purging was the torture and death of Bridget Cleary. After she had succumbed to death, her husband and cousin buried her in a nearby bog. Eventually, the tragic tale began to emerge. The authorities found her remains, and the trial date was set, and nine defendants appeared before the court. Michael Cleary was sentenced to 20 years in prison for manslaughter. The last four others were convicted of wounding Bridget. Michael was released after 15 years of his sentence and moved to Canada. One of the saddest aspects of the case, and perhaps because of the scandal and superstitions, Bridget's bodies was never claimed or wanted by her family. Friends, neighbors, and the church were unwilling to become associated with her burial. She is quietly laid to rest one evening by two constables. Her remains are in Colonial Churchyard in an unmarked grave besides her departed mother. There, and four low rectangular stones between the cemetery wall and the crucifix marked the location of her grave. Bridget is still remembered in a child's rhyme from the region that goes, Are you a witch? Are you a fairy? Are you the wife of Michael Clary? So I actually had a lot of fun looking this one up and figuring out all the stuff. If you know of any more stuff like this, please feel free to message me, email me. You can email me at themysteriesoftheparanormal at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at themysteriesoftheparanormal. You can also find me on Twitter at mysteriesoftheparanormal. Until then, I will see you guys later.
You can find this podcast at The Mysteries of the Paranormal on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to tune in every week for a brand new episode wherever you get your podcast or at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.